Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. to be in the house of the Lord today. Um, I do want to take just a moment and just say thank you for praying for Doug and Carla uh, who are here today. Doug, we are continuing to pray for you and your recovery um, and thank you so much for, for being here and worshiping with us. Um, I also wanted to let many of you know um, that uh, uh, Tom DeGroat's funeral is happening this week. I believe it's at noon on Wednesday um, at 11 on Wednesday. Okay. Is it 11 Pacific time or 11 Pacific time. So I think that's noon our time. So uh, we'll be sending out a link. Uh, so I think you can participate uh, online and, and watch a live stream of that. If, if all the technology works, right? Is that, our, is that our, our best known saying these days? But um, I know many of you might be interested in, in tuning into that. So we continue to lift uh, the DeGroote family up in prayers um, this week. Our journey through Mark continues today. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 7. If you have your Bibles or a device and want to point it in that direction, um, I invite you to do so. Um, It's been a a fun journey since uh, we got done with Jonah, kind of living with Mark and hearing from him um, and and taking a peek into this gospel and into the words that he has for us today. So today we're going to start uh, in Mark... uh, Chapter 7, verse 24, and read um, through the end of that chapter, verse 37. For those who are willing and able, I invite you to stand out of the reverence uh, for the reading of God's word this morning. A reading from Mark chapter 7, starting with verse 24. Jesus left that place and went into the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know that he had entered a house but he couldn't hide. In fact, a woman whose young daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit heard about him right away. She came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek, Syrophoenician by birth. She begged Jesus to throw the demon out of her daughter. He responded, the children have to be fed first. It isn't right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. But she answered, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Good answer, he said. Go on home. The demon has already left your daughter. When she returned to her house, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. After leaving the region of Tyre, Jesus went through Sidon toward the Galilee Sea through the region of the Ten Cities. Some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly speak, and they begged him to place his hand on the man for healing. Jesus took him away from the crowd by himself and put his fingers in the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. 
looking into heaven, Jesus sighed deeply and said, Ephetha, which means open up. At once, his ears opened, his twisted tongue was released, and he began to speak clearly. Jesus gave the people strict orders not to tell anyone, but the more he tried to silence them, the more eagerly they shared the news. People were overcome with wonder, saying, he does everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. So this is a tough, tough passage of Scripture uh, to handle. Some of the most difficult words that we hear Jesus speaking in all of the Gospels, in all of the recordings of what Jesus says. <laughs> what, what do we do with his words today? We'll dig into that a bit uh, this today as we, as we, as we explore the Scripture. Um, but first I want to talk about big entrances. Do you know somebody who likes to make big entrances? You know, but somebody walks into the room and all of a sudden they're they're just they're just there. Uh, well, you're not supposed to share your partner. You're just supposed to claim that yourself. But big entrances. I was never faithful to watch this show, but did you ever watch the show Seinfeld? Big entrances makes me think of Kramer, right? Bursting into Seinfeld's apartment, unannounced, sometimes sliding in, uh, usually with something very urgent and very unimportant to say. Um, I found a six-minute compilation on YouTube of his, just his entrances on that show. I didn't watch all six minutes, but if you, if you watch the show, you can, you can see Kramer burst into the apartment for six minutes straight, just one after another. Have you had friends like that? Have you had friends who, who, who don't take time to knock on your front door? And just burst in. Uh, pe- people that you don't feel like you have to knock on their front door, but you just come in. Jesus is the opposite of the big entrance in this passage. <laughs> and truly, all of Mark, he's not about big entrances. He doesn't want to make a big splash on the scene, he doesn't want all eyes to turn to him. He's constantly ducking cover, constantly going away from the crowds. Doesn't want to make a big splash or a big scene. Um, the scholars, as they, as they read through Mark, have coined this term, the messianic secret. The messianic secret. The messianic secret was this, this sense that as Jesus goes through his ministry, we believe his ministry was about three years old, um, he's constantly telling people, eh, don't make a big deal of this. Don't, don't tell anybody about this. Don't, don't worry about sharing this with, with anybody. It's okay. Don't, don't tell anyone. After healings, he says, tell no one. After Peter answers, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. In Mark chapter 8, he orders them. He orders his disciples, tell no one. He's constantly hopping in a boat and crossing the lake. Why do you hop in a boat and cross a lake? Because people can't follow you. <laughs> unless they have a boat of their own. And he was constantly trying to get away from the crowds. I was listening to Roger Hahn this week, and, and he notes Jesus' inability to hide. He just couldn't. Jesus couldn't hide. Jesus drew attention where he would go. The change that Jesus brings draws attention. Amen? 
and boats would land. His boats would land. He'd hop in a boat, cross the lake. And by the time he was hitting the shore, what would happen? A crowd would already be there. A crowd would already have gathered, ready to hear, ready to see, ready to examine what would happen this time. And here, even here in the region of Tyre, okay, Tyre was, was generally uh, north of uh, the, the northern kingdom of Israel. This is Gentile country. This is, this is the people who didn't know about the Messiah, who didn't know that there, were, there was supposed to be a Messiah that was coming, that was spoken about in the Old Testament writings. Even in the region of Tyre, it's no different. Jesus showed up and he couldn't escape notice. Now, in our view, you can't help but understand the difference in status and station between these two people. Okay, particularly for the Jewish reader, these two people, the woman who, who came to Jesus and, and, and broke into that anonymity, Jesus apparently wanted to get away, didn't, didn't want to be noticed. But she came through. And Jesus was here as a rabbi, as a teacher, as, as one who had taught on the law, as one who had healed people and was getting attention in the Jewish world. On the other hand, this Syrophoenician woman was a Gentile, and she was a woman, and she was unclean. She, her daughter, someone in her house, had been possessed by an evil spirit, and she was in desperate need and help. There was not an equal positioning there of status and of station between these two. And she throws herself at the mercy of this unknown man whose reputation had showed up long before he had. And it's here that we begin to kind of see the sequence of Mark's text, of Mark's gospel here. What had Jesus just been saying? How had Mark been telling Jesus' story earlier in this chapter? This was last week's lesson, right? There's nothing that goes into a person that makes them unclean, Jesus had said. Do you remember when he said that? That it isn't about what comes in. It isn't about all the man-made rules, all the things that we've taught for so long. That's not what makes the inside of a person unclean. It's not about social convention. It's not about man-made rules. Okay, I can just hear the reader, the reader of Mark's gospel saying, okay, so, so what is it about then? How far does this go? The Jewish reader of the gospel of Mark is saying, Okay, if it's not what comes in, if it's not about these man-made conventions like we've, we've done for so long, like we've practiced for so long, like the, the religious leaders had been telling us for so long. I can hear the Jewish reader saying, how far is Mark going to take this? And this is his answer. He had just been saying it's not about all the things that the, the teachers had told you about. It's not about what what the ceremonial washing of hands like we saw earlier in the chapter. And this is his answer. Let's tell the story of when, when Jesus went up to the region of Tyre, to Gentile land. Jesus wants privacy. But you remember, he couldn't even get it up in that place. This Gentile woman barges in, unclean, not Jewish, not respectful, not treating the rabbi the way the rabbi deserved, just desperate, desperate for her daughter. 
And she brings this audacious request. Would you heal my daughter? She's at home, burdened by the weight of this unclean spirit. Would you set her free? Would you heal her? <laughs> Jesus' response here is, is some, among some of the most difficult words we have recorded of Jesus. The children are fed first. It's not right to take what was intended for the children and feed it to the dogs. Now, I have to pause here. Okay, A, a, few, a few weeks ago, I got myself in trouble uh, over a baseball movie. Um, and, and I'm probably bound to get in trouble again today. Here we go. I'm not a dog person, okay? I'm, I'm really not a dog person. I don't mean to offend, and I'm sure your dog is amazing and is loyal and is a faithful friend for you. Uh, but, but dogs just aren't for me. I'm not really a cat person either. In, in fact, pets are kind of just out of bounds for us. Okay, uh, we, we use the excuse of allergies, but it's really just a convenient excuse. I just, don't, I, just, I just don't like pets, and it's okay. It's okay that I just don't like pets. I got enough kids, so. <laughs> but our understanding and, and our interaction with dogs today really undermines this text. Okay, in first century and second century Israel, dogs were, dogs were scavengers. Dogs were scavengers, scavengers, not domesticated pets. They're more like wolves that kind of roamed the streets. This is not a compliment. This, is not, this isn't like the household dog that we have and we see today. This is an insult. This was a common insulting nickname for the Gentiles. In the presence of a Gentile, he says, we're not going to take what's intended for the children and feed it to the dogs. In response to this woman who was broken and, and, and crying out for her child, this desperate plea for help. Now commentators uh, on Mark do all sorts of things with this passage. They, 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 sometimes they soften the statement, adding that they, they wouldn't know the, the nonverbal cues, right? We don't know how, how Jesus was looking or, or, or how he might, uh, uh, what would tell us about Jesus's true intent. And there's no commentary to help us see how Jesus presented this message. Other commentators say he was, he was testing her, seeing what her reaction would be. Per, and perhaps, perhaps Jesus was even having a growing realization and a growing understanding that, that Jesus was himself learning how far this message would extend which is fascinating to me, that, that even Jesus had this sense, this profound sense of who the message of the kingdom was for, who he would serve as Messiah, God's Messiah sent to the people of Israel. And throughout his life, there's this unfolding for even Jesus of how far his message would extend and how far it would go. So commentators do do all these things. But as I was grappling with, uh, grappling with this text this past week, uh, and sometimes it really does kind of pull me this way and that as I prepare for Sunday, like, where, what am I going to do? How, how, how does this help us? How does this shape us this week? But I thought about how somebody might act today. <laughs> how would the woman have responded today? 
uh, excuse me? <laughs> what did you call me? That is not right. How dare you, sir? Don't call me that. Send a tweet. Make a Facebook post. You'll never, you'll never guess what happened to me. You don't call me that. that. That's possible that could happen today, right? A little righteous indignation. You just can't treat people that way, Jesus. And yet Jesus does. This idea that Jesus' ministry was for Jews first, for the nation of Israel primarily, and for everybody else secondarily, like way secondarily, way beyond, behind the people of Israel. But that's not this woman's response. That's not this woman's response. What does she do? She accepts this metaphor. She accepts this statement from Jesus. She dives in, okay. I get it. You've called me a dog. So is my daughter. But she, at this, at this primal and basic level, understands, understands her own value and worth and the value and worth of her daughter to such a degree that she takes the label of the dog in stride. Even as rabid and feral dogs eat the crumbs from the children. And this outcast, this woman on the margins, this, this Gentile, this woman in a patriarchal society, this, this woman who was in a patriarchal society who was unclean and desperate and a foreigner coming to this Jewish teacher reveals in this moment an understanding of God's graciousness and her own deserving of that grace in ways that far exceed even the understanding of the disciples. The disciples, the ones who had followed Jesus, the ones who had run, rubbed shoulders with him, the ones who had felt called to join him in his ministry and watched him from day in to day out and said, all these crazy things, jockeying for position. Oh, Jesus, when we come into your kingdom, can I sit on your right? Can my brother sit on your left? And it was this woman, this Gentile woman, that seemed to grasp the grace of God in ways that far exceeded the understanding of the disciples. Later in Mark, the disciples would question some outsider exercising demons. They would lobby for positions of honor. They would scold children as they came to Jesus. The disciples, especially in Mark, missed the boat. And it was this woman who understood the grace of God. Amen? Her response catches Jesus off guard. Wow, what an answer. And he celebrates it. He celebrates it and calls attention to it. And without proximity to her daughter, without being in the presence of her daughter, declares, go, for she is healed. And the woman returns home and finds it just as Jesus said. In the, in the second half, the latter half of our, of our passage, Jesus heads back towards Galilee and, and into land that he was more familiar with, with land to, uh, around the, the ten cities or what was called the Decapolis and heals another man. We really don't have time this morning to, to dive into that. But here again, the implication is drawn that, that Jesus is serving outside 
his expected boundaries to all the wrong people. The Decapolis being closer to Israel, closer to his homeland, closer to Galilee, but still primarily Gentile country and draws more attention. And as this episode concludes, we have Jesus trying to keep a lid on everything, (laughs) but this news just keeps leaking out everywhere. Jesus is amazing at everything he does. This guy is, is awesome at everything. Hearing, giving hearing to the deaf, giving speech to the mute. And that's hard to contain. It's hard to contain when people start breaking free from all of these conditions. But here again, we see this idea in, emerging in Mark that Jesus wants no part in popularity, no part in notoriety or in being known. The link between these two stories is, is really undeniable. Okay? Kent, Kent Brower writes, these stories, and I quote, these stories insist that the good news of the gospel breaks conventional boundaries and transforms the excluded into the people of God. These two stories challenge followers of Jesus to be boundary breakers, to engage in the transformation of the marginalized so that they may become part of the redeemed people on the holy way with the Holy One. End quote. The gospel breaks conventional boundaries and and calls people into this transformed life that we don't have to live the way that we used to live. That we can become new in our lives as we follow after Christ. And I was led to ask this week, and I'll pose the question to you, who are your marginalized? Who are the people beyond hope for you? Are they the ones marginalized from society, the broken, the sick, the homeless, the impoverished? They need the grace of God today. They need to understand, like this woman, their own value and their own worth and the desire that God has to reach out to them with his grace. And today, I'm left to ask, who who are the marginalized from your opinion and from your position? You realize that in the world today, we seem to have this divisiveness. It's kind of run rampant. That there are those that are marginalized from from my position. The people who don't vote like me. The people who don't take COVID serious enough. Or the people who take COVID too seriously. They don't dress right. Maybe they come from Washington. (laughs) Or California. They need the grace of God. Amen? Amen? And it's not our call to say, not today. It's not our call to say, it comes for the people of God first. The reality is this, we are the vessel through which they might hear that news, that God wants us to become new by the grace of God. We get the chance to participate with God in sharing that news to all that we come in contact with. I'm going to invite the praise team to, uh, to come, come back up and join me on stage.
on the platform. After all these years, 2,000 years since Jesus walked around in this little rock floating through space, you'd think we'd have some things figured out, right? But I'm not sure. We still tend to draw these lines around who is worthy of God's grace, God's message of love and hope. And in this passage, Mark and Jesus are clear. There's no line. There's no boundary. It's only the grace and mercy of God for all of God's children. And that's really good news, church. Amen? Let me close with, with this quote. Amy Howe wrote this. Status is a product of our own imagination, invisible to God. Once we acknowledge that there are no walls separating us, love and mercy flow unfettered. And all people are deemed equally valuable. This is the message the world needs to hear from the church. That inherently, in who we are, we have this value and worth, deserving of the grace of God. This is the message we need to hear today. Let me pray for us, and then we'll sing. God, today, we're reminded of your generous love and generous grace. Lord, I pray today that you would break loose in us to all the people that we see and that we know that we connect with over the course of this coming week. May they understand the grace of God is for all. Thank you for trusting us with this, <laughs> this message. I'm not sure of the wisdom of that sometimes, God you've called us to, to witness to this news and to be the people who, who speak this truth and speak this reality, God. I thank you for these, these stories of, of your ministry here on earth as Christ walked this earth and how they challenge us and how they come at us from unexpected angles sometimes, God. Nothing stands between us and the grace of God. Amen? Nothing can get in the way. I invite you to stand uh, today as I offer a benediction for those who are willing and able. Um, as, we, as we offer a benediction, I invite you to hold out your hands just as a, a, a physical expression of receiving this benediction this morning. Oh God, break down our fake walls. Let us see our fellow humans as brothers and sisters for whom your love and grace and mercy overflows and may we be part of sharing that. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.